This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Welcome to the It Was a Thing on TV podcast, episode 9, submission 195. The 1983 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. This aired on NBC on November 24th, 1983, and it was hosted by Bryant Gumbel with Sarah Purcell reporting from the street. And we're not going to have an open, uh, partially because it's truncated, but also because it's a really long opening, and it sort of gives away a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about, the, the specific yeah, acts. Spoil this. We don't want to spoil the acts for you. And we, we mentioned... We want... We want- you all to just enjoy this as we are enjoying it. Indeed. And we mentioned in the Mr. Smith episode that Mr. Smith and Leonard Fry they took part in the 1983 Thanksgiving Day Parade which is sort of the genesis of this episode. And there's a lot more that we're going to talk about than Mr. Smith and Leonard Fry. But that, that was sort of the birth of this episode. As we mentioned in the Match Game Hollywood Squares episode, and also, I believe, Mr. Smith, this was another tool for NBC to promote as much stuff as they could, as much of their in-house property as they could. They did actually promote one or two shows that were not on NBC, albeit maybe very indirectly or very subtly, just because those people or those properties were on a different network. We'll get to those as, as we go along here. So the parade itself, I actually took time out of my life and I copied all the, the acts that performed in the parade, not including balloons, except for one giant exception, which we'll get to in a little bit. And I didn't include bands. Nothing against the bands. It's just they didn't bring anything to the festivities for this podcast. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, they they, they were just it's just saying, and it was good. It was awesome. And, and we love Whatever. bands. Chico's a musician or at least a singer, and I played marching band in high school. And Greg can carry a tune if he tried. I think. Hey, hey, the bands are great, but we're not here for the bands. We're here for the people that are here. To promote their stuff. We're here for the celebrities. And by the way, Mike, I have I have something to say. The 1983 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is brought to you by Radio Shack, your Christmas electronic score. I feel like heading on up to Radio Shack right now and getting some Christmas electronics. Oh, wait. Yeah, about that. <laughs> hey, 1983 would have been about the Christmas that my cousin who would have been like three at the time, three. No, he would have been four. He would have been four. And oh my gosh, this is maybe the most annoying Christmas present ever. And it was a radio Shack Christmas present. It was a fire helmet with a little flashing light on it, like, like a, a, a siren light. And it had a loud siren. So it was my like cousin this- loved that. Whoever got the gift, all the adults, like, immediately regretted it. Oh, my God. I need to tell my cousin about that when I see him on Thanksgiving. Because that's been a running joke in the family for, like, 35 years. That friggin' fire helmet 
that was just like had no volume control and annoyed the parents within about two minutes of coming out of the box. So it was like the Star Trek toy with the alarm that wouldn't stop going. Well, it, it, you could turn it off, but it didn't have volume control. And the volume was on like, okay, Spinal Tap went to 11. This is at like 14. And, and I mean, you could hear it from clear across the house, not the room, the house. Okay. It didn't come. But yeah, that, that, that's the quality electronics that Radio Shack made back in the day. Boy, I wonder why they're closed. Uh, oh, because Best Buy just absolutely killed them in, in the home electronics market. Okay. You're welcome, by the way. Yep. Okay, first, we start off with an NBC property. Surprise, surprise, hashtag corporate synergy. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh. And they're singing tomorrow from Annie. And they're singing tomorrow from Annie, and again... Which I believe they actually did on the series. And, and remember that the voices of the chipmunks were very high, so it sounded like, you know, like three teenage boys whose testicles hadn't dropped yet singing. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you, tomorrow. That's more like Elmo singing it, but yeah. And did you hear the, the motherly voice? When are you going to clean up your toys? When are you going to do your homework? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll do it, tomorrow. So, so Alvin and the Chipmunks were just promoting procrastination. That's exactly what you want to hear on Thanksgiving when you're with your family. Exactly. That That's not the moral I want to take away from Thanksgiving or any time from Three adorable, oversized rodents. Who are incredibly... Who just happen to be incredibly talented. They were only talented because of Rog Bagdasari Garshian, or whatever his name was. Ross Bagdasarian, yeah. Yeah, easy for you to say. I I gotta say, it was was great booking by Dave Dave Seville to put them in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I gotta give him credit for that. And by Dave Seville, you do mean the head of programming at NBC. Yes, Mr. Grant Tinker. Yes. Mm-hmm. Second, and I have nothing bad to say about this. <laughs> is that what this is going to be? This is going to be, we're going to say bad stuff about us the entire episode. Ballet Hispanico of New York. Did a very good job. Yes. Uh-huh. And then we go back to the NBC promotion machine. Lara Jill Miller from Give Me a Break with the Care Bears. Oh. And they were singing. Yeah, not many people know that Lara Jill Miller is actually an accomplished vocalist. Yeah, she did a good job, but... And, and actually, Care Bears, that would actually air on ABC. Well, it gives the dates 1985 and 88, but it also says syndication... So, yes, well, Care Bears were popular. I, I, I can vouch for that. My sister had a bunch of them when she was that age in 1983-84. And it was actually really big because of the American Greetings card company. That's how it started was their characters for American Greetings. So, And that was right when they hit their, their not necessarily their peak, their ascent. I would say once they hit the cartoon, 
that's sort of like your peak. But yeah, they were getting very popular in 1983, so that was a timely addition. And yeah, Laura Jo Miller did a very good job singing. I didn't take note of what she was singing, but again, she did a very good job. But again, there's the NBC promotion machine working in overdrive. Yep. And then, and then after that, the cast of Taking My Turn. What? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. The one name I heard and, and recognized was Marnie Nixon. And you're probably saying, who's that? And I just I just recognized that. I didn't say I knew who that was. Yeah, you want to educate us? Absolutely. <laughs> so Marnie Nixon looks like she did just a bunch of Broadway work. Uh, she was a singing voice of lead actresses on the soundtracks of several musicals, including Deborah Carr in The King and I, Natalie Wood in West Side Story, and Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. So she was more of a, a singer, a Broadway type, than she was a an NBC actor or actress. And actually, I don't see really anything that she had done on TV. Uh, she was in Mulan. She was the, the singing voice of Grandmother Fa. I can see that. That's pretty nice. But yeah, I really don't see anything television-related. Oh, here. If I scroll down in the Wikipedia to the television part, T. Um, she did not do much television. Uh, she was in, in an episode of The Mothers-in-Law. Oh, hey, just by that name, I think that's an entry. The Mothers-in-Law. And she was in an episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit in 2001. Doink, doink. There's some other things in here that she did, a TV movie. Uh, but, yeah, she didn't do much TV. Uh, and the mothers-in-law, okay, yeah, this this is something we need to cut. Well, yeah, it ran for a year and a half. We can cover it. Eve Arden and Kay Ballard. Oh, yeah, that's in. That's okay. in. That's in all day. And it's on DVD because there's actually a picture of the complete series DVD. Oh, wait. For a period of time, MeTV offered select episodes of the series for viewing online on its website. Okay. So there's got to be some of it out there. Oh, and uh, Desi Arnaz was in a couple episodes. Desi Arnaz Jr. So before he was Auto Man or Walter, he was on on The Mothers-in-Law. I, I, I wonder if him and Chuck Wagner got on the mothers-in-law one day and, and took him to zippers. <laughs> this year his junior would have been young. Maybe he, he showed his zipper. Never mind. Oh God. That's oh, terrible. God. Oh Christ. Oh, Richard Deacon was on it too. Oh. Mr. Rutherford. Very timely. Bloated Mr. Rutherford from Match Game of Hollywood Squares. Okay, after Taking My Turns cast performed, it was, guess what, another NBC show. Shirt Tales! I loved Shirt Tales, oh my gosh. I, I didn't get Shirt Tales, maybe it's just me, but uh, yeah, they were singing, and, and I'm going to actually use the, the language I wrote in the notes here. They were singing and doing some shit. 
I don't know what they were doing. They're just doing some crap. Okay, and now next, Bryant and Sarah get like some notes from like some clown clowns from a special recognition by the National uh, Television Academy. Yeah, they swap presents. Uh, they, uh, Sarah gave him a gift. Brian gave her a gift. Obviously, this is all staged. Brian opens his, and he sees this commendation that Greg talked about. And then Sarah opens hers, and it has a similar commendation in a nice frame. Aw, cute. Uh, then uh, the National Dance Institute performed, and they performed to, and maybe this is the most 1983 song they could have chosen, What a Feeling. Flash the, dance, what a the, feeling. The flash dance theme or song. Don't know if it's the theme per se. I think it was. It was the theme. Yeah. So, so, so that's about as 83 as you can get. Flash dance. Because nothing says Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade like a song from a movie about a stripper who just wants to dance. Hey, that was the thing in 1983. My mom dragged me to that movie. And she covered my eyes during the nudity part. Darn it, Mom. Could, could have seen my, my first... Okay. My, 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 my first memories at oh. age eight. Okay. Oh. 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 Thanks for the memories. No. Oh. Okay. no. no. I'm just telling the truth. My mother did drag me to that movie. I didn't watch it. She spent four dollars or whatever and dragged me there because she was too cheap to hire a babysitter, or because Dad okay. was broke and couldn't take me. Okay, right. uh, enough angst from from my childhood. Right. Okay. Okay. Back to the NBC promotion machine we go. Here we go. Joey Lawrence from Give Me a Break. All right, folks. Now buckle up. Yeah, we have a Joey Lawrence sighting. It's the NBC promotion machine at work again. Remember, Joey Lawrence was on Gimme a Break at the time. So we've got two Gimme a Break stars already in the first, like, half an hour. And Joey Lawrence was in the Flintstones car with Fred, Wilma, Barney, Betty, and Dino, and they performed Jingle Bell Rock. Whoa! That wasn't scripted, no. Not at all. You know what Yo know, Joey's reaction was when he first saw Fred and Barney? Whoa, whoa! Do you know what his reaction was when the car didn't slow down in time because their foot brakes weren't working? Whoa! Whoa! The reaction that Joey had when Dino put his head above the uh, above the roof of the car and did all the things that he did. Whoa! Whoa! I refuse to answer that one. I, I, he was a he was a one dimensional character. Whoa! That's all he's famous for. Well, I shouldn't say that's all he's famous for, but that's like the big thing he's famous for, and that wouldn't come for another eight years. It wasn't until Blossom when he did that. Another eight years. Whoa! All right, now. This is the the one exception to the rule I mentioned earlier about balloons. <laughs> and I know Greg, just based on the way he's laughing, has something to say about this. 
There was a Superman balloon. Greg? Yeah, and, and when you see it at about 35-minute mark, the Superman balloon's like is like stuck in a street corner, and he's got his arms flared and his head down. And I think I know why. It's because Superman's like, no, no, I don't want to show my face. I was in a crappy movie in 1983 with Richard Pryor and Robert Vaughn. No, I'm not showing my face here at the parade for you people. And the camera like focused on this for probably, what, a good three, four minutes? They actually spent way too much time just focusing on Superman not moving. It looked like the baby was crowning for about three or four minutes. <laughs> he, he's sort of like peeking around the street corner. Is it okay to come out? Can I come out now? And then, you know, finally after he gets untangled, they bring him down the street. But he's just like sticking his neck out, you know, as as he flies over over uh, New York City in the parade. You just see like the his head, his neck, and maybe the 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 top half of his chest, and he's just standing there for a good three or four minutes. It it it, it caught Greg's eye. Let's just say that. Yes. Uh, then, then we get into cats. Yes, we, we get into the cats uh, performing. I didn't recognize the song, so it wasn't uh, memory or, or anything like that. I'm going to get into a rant here. You know how we have the cr- the, the soon-to-be crappy cats movie coming out? Cringy, crappy, cringy, crappy cats movie? Yes. It's like, have we gotten so cheap that we can't afford actors in makeup? Well, I think it may be just more of a laborious procedure because it takes time to put on that makeup. Yep. Yeah, but if that cast can go on every single night for, like, what, 20 years? Come on! You can at least put Taylor Swift in some makeup. There are so many things that you can say to that. Oh, and I've got one of them. How dare you put anything on Taylor Swift? She'll write a song about you. Oh, and, and then uh, after Cats, actually, this was how the show started, but they went back to him for whatever reason, because maybe he was at the Bryant Gumble part of the uh, parade where he was reporting. Charlie Pride was atop a turkey. And he was singing, and Charlie Pride was a country singer, or is. I think he's still alive. He is still alive. So, yeah, he, it, it's not a was. It, it's an is. So... Yeah, Charlie Pride performed a song, and my big takeaway of this was maybe about two minutes into the song, he pulls out his current album on vinyl and just shows it off while he's singing. Like a subtle plug for his album. Go buy my album. This is perfect for for stockings. It's like, my album's album's about to drop. It's sick. Like, he's the 1983 version of those people that would go on the corner selling, trying to show you their mix CD of all their songs. Dude, exactly. did you just compare Charlie Pride to Chance the Rapper? I think he just did. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I'm just pointing that out. After Charlie Pride, oh, this is another one I know Greg has a lot to say about. Oh, yes. The cast of We've Got It Made. Oh, but yes. And and they're singing High Hopes. Yes. 
But in addition, I know Greg has stuff to say about that. Yeah. But in addition, on the float were oh. Spider-Man and Captain America. Oh, yes. It, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's great that the crowd at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade got a chance to see America's ass up close at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. America's ass? Are you talking about Tom Pollard? <laughs> oh, no. I love, I love when I tell a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe joke and Mike has no idea what I'm talking about. I don't. You're absolutely right. And you yeah. think it's a subtle take on Tom Ballard, God rest his soul. No. Although, I, I, I gotta say, Tom Ballard is America's second ass. I was gonna say Bonnie Urseth, but no, that's getting even worse. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, moving on really fast. Oh, did you want to say anything about the Hold singing? On, I, I oh, yeah, I did. I do. Yeah. You have Matt McCoy singing, folks. You have Lloyd frickin' Braun from Seinfeld singing at the parade. Like, how glorious is that? The only thing that was missing was Chuck Wagner singing, but that's on another network. And that's at Zippers. <laughs> and, and, I, and I also wanted to mention, it does make sense for Spider-Man and Captain America to be on this float, because at this time, NBC would have still been airing Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Another possible installment. Mm-hmm. And then after the cast of We Got It Made and, and Spidey and Captain America, Peter Billingsley, hey, another NBC personality. Real yeah. people. And not yep. only that, but he's about to make it big because 1983 is going to be the year of the Christmas story. Which I don't believe was mentioned. No. I only skimmed through, but I don't believe that was mentioned. And also, remember, a Christmas story wasn't a hit to begin with. No, no it, it was, was not. It, was it not a, didn't become a hit until TBS started running it ad nauseum on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Well, well no, 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 because it was all, it was already a hit. Because I remember, like, in 1989 or 90 or whatever, like, WPIX would show it all the time every Christmas. Well, I think it didn't get big on a national level till TBS did it, and I'm guessing that was probably in the range of about 20 years ago at this point. Yeah, that is I, correct. Yeah, because... No, uh, wait, it was 25 years at least. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I thought it was a little more recent than that. Remember, because... um, um, it was, they, set, they had the 25th anniversary of 24 Hours of a Christmas Story, and it was this really big deal, and yeah... That was a thing on TV. No, it's not going to be an installment. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a little more recent than that because my sister, another person, you know, God rest her soul, when uh, this is probably about 2007-ish, maybe about a year and a half before she passed, she had received a Christmas Story board game and a Christmas Story Monopoly. Both sealed, both sitting in my basement. Just saying. If you got a Christmas story fan out there, make me an offer. But so Peter Billingsley, he was on a rocking turtle float singing If I Could Talk to the Animals. How appropriate being on a rocking turtle float. But the other takeaway I want you to, to get from this, and this was said by Brian Gumble, he was the ring bearer at Sarah Purcell's wedding. Oh. 
I thought that was a, a very nice little that's, fact. Uh, that totally is a nice little fact there. And she had been married, I believe, earlier that year, so it isn't anything creepy where this little kid just mysteriously is the, the ring bearer in, like, 1977 when real people wasn't even a thing. So that, that, I thought that was a very interesting tidbit. And before we go, and to tie it back into what we talked about earlier, Peter Billingsley, of course, later would go on to be an instrumental uh, thing into starting the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we mentioned, because he was a producer with Jon Favreau on the first Iron Man movie. He was. And he was recently in the last uh, Spider-Man movie that just came out, reprising his role from the first Iron Man movie. I guess the only thing we didn't mention was his bit role on an elf. Oh, that's right. Yeah, elf. And he was also Messy Marvin on the Hershey's Chocolate Syrup commercials. Come on. Oh. Uh, you can never forget about Messy Marvin. Okay. Never. And now I think we've covered the entire career of Peter Billingsley. And it's all because he's saying if I could talk to the animals on a float. <laughs> After that, country singer Lynn Anderson sang. Don't know what she sang. I didn't care what she sang. Then Ashford and Simpson, again, 83. That's, that's about the time that Ashford and Simpson were really big. They were singing, and they were aboard a lion float. A lion float. Wow! Ashford and Simpson. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Don't make me turn this car around. Oh my gosh, you actually went there. Okay, now here's the interesting one. Here is the interesting one, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh boy. Yes. He of, like, many things. He of AFV. He of Catch-21. He of the all-new Catch-21. He of the... Future, all, all new, new, new Catch-21. He was on a float with Snoopy, Garfield, Nancy, Sluggo, and Marmaduke, a tribute to comic strips. And he was singing. Now, here's the big thing, the, 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 the takeaway from this. This might have been the first time Alfonso Ribeiro was on national TV. Well, he would have already been on Silver Spoons at this point. No! No! Fall of 84, Alfonso Ribeiro joined the show. Okay. Fall of 84. So that's why I said this might have been his first exposure because Alfonso Ribeiro, at the time, he was in... The Top Dance Kid on Broadway. Exactly. And that's actually why he was on the parade. Now, they didn't explicitly say that this was his first national TV appearance, but, you know, given that um, that the only work he had done before this, he was only 12 years old at the time, was in The Tap Dance Kid, pretty fair to say this might have been his first television exposure. Well, this was a year before his Pepsi commercial. Well, now hold on. Now that I'm looking a little bit deeper into this, it does say there's a TV series called Oi Willie. Oi. I don't even know what. I've never heard of this. Okay, New York City's Spanish Harlem is setting for a seven-part series about a 12-year-old boy. 
Well, that's that sounds more biographical maybe than anything else. I, I okay, it had to be a TV show, of some sort or a miniseries, seven episodes, and it had Jose Ferrer and Robert Earl Jones. I'm going to guess James Earl Jones's long lost brother. Who knows? But yeah, and, and again, he's not even credited as a character, so maybe he was a background character? I don't know. And yeah, looking at Robert Earl Jones, he looks just like his brother. Oh, father of James Earl Jones. I apologize. Father of James Earl Jones. But yeah, uh, obviously there's a family resemblance there. So maybe this was his first national exposure because it looks like this Oi Willie was a BBC production. I don't know. But we, it's definitely before Silver Spoons. It preceded it by a good nine, ten months. It's amazing to see Garfield right behind Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh, yeah, all the comic strip characters. Snoopy, Garfield, Marmaduke. Well, okay, one of those things is not like the other. Marmaduke sucks. Then we get back into, again, another thing from 1983. It's it's actually still popular nowadays, I believe, due to uh, Discovery Family Channel. I think they had a cartoon series about this within the last number of years. Strawberry Shortcake and Friends. Aww. Yeah, another yeah, thing my sister like, just... like. Like, just had everything of Strawberry Shortcake, My Little Pony, Care Bears, and she had a, a Cabbage Patch Kid. Oh, that's like the one thing we're missing here. There are no Cabbage Patch Kids. And Cabbage Patch Kids were the thing to get in 1983 for Christmas. Yeah, it almost seems um, sacrilegious that you have a parade in 1983, but no mention of the uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. Now, I wonder, since this was an NBC broadcast on one of the other networks, did they possibly have the Cabbage Patch Kids? Hold, hold up, because I know a Cabbage Patch Christmas was a thing. Because, believe it or not, it was the very first thing my mom ever taped on a VCR was the Cabbage Patch Kids Christmas special. I can't oh, believe, oh, wow. I cannot believe I'm admitting that. Uh, oh, it would be the next year. Hold on a second. December 7th, 1984. Nothing about a network. It could have been syndicated. Yeah, syndication was really big and, well, starting to get big in 1983. I, I know this was a network. I know, because I remember watching the VCR tape. It's de It was definitely a network. I think it might have been CBS. That's going to be the spinoff uh, podcast. We think it was a thing on TV. Okay. But yeah, it's like of all the the properties around that time, the the cartoon characters and all that, the Cabbage Patch Kids weren't on this. But also at the same time, Cabbage Patch Kids didn't fall in the American Greetings family with Strawberry Shortcake and Care Bears and Shirt Tails. So and those other characters from Cleveland, yes, there were there was a country a country a company called those characters from Cleveland. And they licensed all the uh, sort of characters there. That's news to me, and I've lived here all my life. Interesting. I think and, it was owned by American Greetings. Now that I think oh, about oh, it. oh, I wouldn't be surprised because, yeah, those characters were created by American Greetings. 
employees. So I, I would not be surprised at all. all right, uh, and now, oh, Greg. Greg. Oh, yes. Mr. Smith and Leonard Fry. Oh, yes. This is what we all came here for, baby. There's Mr. Mr. Smith and Leonard Fry in a car. And Leonard Fry is waving to the crowd with a bunch of the other people on the on the uh, on the car, and Mr. Smith's just like he's wa- Mr. Smith's waving to the crowd too. Hey, he's a smart cookie and a top banana, and I'm running out of jokes here. So, sadly, um, Bryant or Sarah does not mention. You can see Leonard tomorrow afternoon on the Magic Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Again, waste again, wasted opportunity. Hashtag and they, and, Leonard and, will have thirty. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um it didn't really help because as you know from episode two, Mr. Smith was cancelled within the month. It it didn't uh, even get to see Christmas of, of eighty three. And they put so much promotion into it. Man. Well, that's just typical of, of NBC in the early 80s. And we'll get to a couple of reasons why uh, in the month of December. No spoilers. Then, oh, and uh, oh, this is, again, definitely something from 83. Fraggle Rock. Nice. And, and they actually had, like, a giant Fraggle Rock float. Yeah, like, like the rock formations and all that. And they sang, like, an extended version of the theme song. It wasn't the regular theme song. It was like an extended version. They didn't have the dog, though. The dog or the, the, the owner Sprocket of the dog. Docker. No, they don't have a Docker Sprocket on the on the floats or anything. And here's why. because, And I learned this from watching a, a defunct TV sort of mini on Jim Henson. That uh, Fraggle Rock was actually a show that was meant to be franchised all over the world. I mean, every country in the world has their own version of Doc and Sprocket. Yeah, every country has, like, the BBC version of Fraggle Rock has their own version of Doc and Sprocket, where, like, Actually, Doc is a captain. Yeah. Captain and Sprocket. They did have four life-size Fraggles, four people in outfits dancing, with the, uh, what looked like the actual puppets, but also another thing I noticed, and this happened at least two, maybe three times, when I was watching the uh, the parade, there must have been some fraggles that didn't have people controlling it because they just had like frozen looks on their faces. They're sort of looking up into the sky, mouth open, like they just saw Haley's Comet three years earlier or something. Again, I don't know if that was lack of personnel or what have you. It just looked really weird. And then after Fraggle Rock, we get more shirt tails because we we need all the shirt tails we can get in life. And then they had this person or these people didn't actually perform. They must have been special guests, maybe grand marshals or uh, something in that realm. I know you know the first name. You may not know the second name or at least why that person is famous. Walter and Gracie Lance. Oh, I, I know. What, the Woody Woodpecker guy. The Woody Woodpecker guy. And Gracie voiced Woody Woodpecker, at least the... 
And so they were just waving. And I thought it was interesting. Walter Lance actually pulled out a, a camera, a big camera, and was taking pictures of the crowd, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and, of course, what would follow Walter and Gracie Lance, the creator and the sound or, or the, the famous uh, sound effect of, of Woody Woodpecker? Why it would be the Woody Woodpecker balloon. I just thought that was – not necessarily the tie-in. Oh, look, it's Walter Lance, and oh, it's his creation behind him. I thought it was really cool just having Walter Lance there. That yes. really is cool. And, and he was taking pictures of the crowd. I think that really shows how excited he was to be there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you usually don't see celebrities, at least in 1983, taking pictures – uh, of, of the crowd there to say, hey, I was actually here. I mean, He's nowadays enjoying himself and everything. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, nowadays if you ever watch parades, not that I, I do often, but everybody at the parade has their cell phone out taking video or taking pictures, and so th- he was like a an innovator of sorts at the time. He was a pioneer. He was. I I really thought that was cool, and now all. Uh, here's another one where I think Greg may lose it. We have a lobster float. A lobster float. And this person saying, what a beautiful morning. John Bauman. Yes. Because <laughs> nothing says what a beautiful morning like it being performed by Bowser. No, Again, no. missed opportunity. It aired at 3 in the afternoon. It would be, what a beautiful afternoon. It didn't air... Yeah, it didn't air in the morning. I'm sorry, guys. It aired after school. That's why I loved it so much when I was a kid. But, yeah, missed opportunity. It's like Brian Gumble really could have said, hey, it's the host of the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. He did say that. He did say that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we got the plug-in for Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Or whatever. Good that did. And, oh, another person who's on an NBC show. And we talked about him. Uh, this would have been episode four? Yeah, would have been episode four, I believe. Uh, Jennifer slept here. Glenn Scarpelli. Oh, he, yes. He, he was aboard a doodlebug, which is basically a f- float that looks sort of like a giant caterpillar. And it's sort of like zigzagging around the the parade route i i i guess that's what a doodlebug does and he was singing don't mess up this good thing from his new album what i yeah we actually talked about it on on an episode with uh, with uh chris lane that glenn scarpelli cut a record yeah and it it was promoted it, it, it was mentioned that it was from his new album don't mess up this good thing. Since I didn't want to listen to it, and I doubt it even hit the top hundred, I just skipped over it. But yeah, Glenn Scarpelli, he, he did release an album uh, in, in the early 80s. And then after Glenn, oh, I, I think this is our first celebrity, that uh, non-singing celebrity, that doesn't have a tie to NBC. At least NBC in 1983. Eddie Albert was on a float, a dog float, with the winner of the Great American Dog Contest. And, of course, he was singing. I think he was in Broadway at the time. I didn't know what he was saying, but, yeah, that that, uh, Eddie Albert was there. Should have been there with Arnold Ziffel. 
And if Arnold Ziffel couldn't, well, and if Arnold Ziffel couldn't have, couldn't have made it, he could have gone to the store and bought a package of Oscar Mayer hot dogs and a package of Oscar Mayer bacon. Oh no, 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 no! That's horrible. But awfully delicious. Apologies to the vegans out there. You go to your room and think about what you did, Mike. Uh, only if I can go to my room and think about this person. Ha 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 ha. Miss America was in the parade. Who was Miss America in 1983? Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. And she was aboard a New York float singing New York, New York. Which is just what she does. She's a singer. Well, a couple months later, it'd be found out that she did a little more than singing. Yeah. She, she was in Penthouse. Boy, Rick Fox is a lucky man. Sorry, on the house. Yes. I, I did that just for Chico to do his Tar Heel bit. And then Lou Rawls, he was aboard a, an Olympic tribute float, because remember, 1984, the Olympics were coming to L.A., and the Olympics were, like, the big thing. I mean, where's the... That was basically the, 1980, the 1980s in a nutshell. That was 1983 and 1984, in, in one giant ball. And I'm still waiting for my official Olympic dental floss from that year. So Lou Rawls was aboard an Olympic tribute float sponsored by Bush. And there were Bush. Clydesdales. There were Clydesdales. Who doesn't love the, the Clydesdales? Yeah, those Clydesdales have to be long dead by now. And you... Uh, okay, Greg. okay, okay, wait. I You got mad when I made a joke about... Arnold Ziffel and the bacon and hot dogs. I was just, I was just about to say, Greg needs to go to his room and think about what. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! When did I make a When did I make a comment about Arnold Ziffel? Now I did that, but you, no, you talked about dead horses. You you literally beat a dead horse. Yes, I literally beat a dead horse. I mean, seriously, the only thing you didn't put in there is, oh, I bet those horses are in a can of Alpo now. Oh, for the love! <laughs> Can we please move on? No, you cannot make me go to my room. Can we please move on to the, anything else here? He actually sang Wind Beneath My Wings. And that was different because I'm used to the, the, the version that um, that Bette Midler sings. And, and so I found that very interesting. I, well, first, I didn't know that Wind Beneath My Wings was a thing before Bette Midler oh, yeah. did her. But yeah, that that was a good rendition like that uh, of that song. It took a little while to get used to it, but that was really good. I mean, Lou Rawls, I wouldn't expect anything bad from him, but just that rendition was just unexpectedly good. It was incredible. Uh, the, then the Boys Choir of Harlem, they sang White Christmas. And then we had Tommy Two uh, I almost said Tommy Two Tone. Tommy Tune. Tune, not Tommy Two Tone, Tommy Tune. And Twiggy, boy, that's like diametrically opposed. They were singing and they were starring in my one and only at the time on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, I fast forwarded through that. Now, this, hold on, this is a bone of contention between me and Chico. Uh, And this goes back to a comment I made in the Mr. Smith episode. Uh, There was, next was Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park. And there were a bunch of characters on there. There was Papa Smurf, NBC character, 
Smurfette, mm-hmm. NBC character, oh. Snagglepuss, Scooby and Scrappy-Doo, Huckleberry Hound, The Biscuits, The Biscuits from 1983. I, th- that one to just, That's like, a my, deep cut of cartoons there. Yeah, and, and that didn't last past 1984. The Biscuits, Captain Caveman, and if you remember during the Mr. Smith episode, I said, where are the damn snorks? Chico, there was a snork in the Jellystone Park float. Congratulations, you found a damn snork. Well, I was right. There was a snork. And then after the um, the cartoon characters, we had Mary Jo Catlett. Mrs. Puff. Mrs. Puff was singing. Oh, hey, another NBC character because she was on different strokes. Yep. She replaced Nidra Voles. Damn it, it could have been Nidra Voles singing in the parade. No, we don't, we don't want that. Don't speak for all of us! <laughs> Nidra Voles is great. Mike, Mike, it's okay. It's okay, Mike. Don't disperse the good name of Nidra Voles. And then... I love, uh, I love how you went full this Don't disperse the name of Nidra Voles. Hey, I will protect the woman's dignity and pride. She was talented and funny. And she was like 75 at the time. And then we get the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes doing what they do best. Sonar of course. Camps. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're doing like, their kick line deal. Like bears, like bears in court. Awesome. And then finally... Yes, finally, the end of the parade. And oh, just like oh, every wait, year... Wait, 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 wait. We missed the po- important part with the Hanna-Barbera characters. Uh, you want to say something about the Yo- Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park, Greg? Yes. I found it amazing this, just to see Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, and Snagglepuss, and all the rest of the gang just, just, just dancing and having a good old time. With the biscuits and a snork. Yes. Who wasn't even in the Hanna-Barbera family until a year later. No. Uh, then we had the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes, and they did their performance. They they showed off their legs, did their high kicking and all that. Like and, bears in court? Exactly. And then last but not least, every parade ends with the big guy, Santa Claus. Aw. Aw. Which is basically them saying, time to buy stuff. It, it, it's exactly what it is. It's saying, Santa's coming in about a month. If you've been a little brat the last 11 months, you got one month to change your ways. You know you want that Transformer or GoBot or that, that infernal siren helmet I mentioned that my cousin had when he was four years old. If you really want that, you're going to be a good boy for the, or a good girl for the next month. I'm sure there's room to negotiate. No, there's not, is there? No, there's never room to negotiate with Santa. He sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good, for goodness sake. Because you better, better not pout. You better not cry. You better be good, because we're telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. And he's bringing, and he's bringing the hookup, so you better watch it. 
Did we just do a spoken word version of Santa Claus is coming to town? Why, yes. Yes, we did. Oh, my. So, yeah, the NBC promotion machine was in full gear, and we had some good singing. We had some bad singing. We had a lot of a lot of cartoon characters. And the 1983 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, it was a thing on TV. And you'll get to see it again this year in a couple of days, if you're listening to this on, on Monday or Tuesday of this week. Well, as always, you can find us online. You can find everything for us, our Instagram link, our Twitter link, our Facebook link, our Tumblr, whatever else we have out there. Our email address. Oh, our, our email address. We'll get to that in a second. We're at it was a thing on TV.com. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. And, and tell your mother, too, while we're at it. I don't know why we want to tell your mother, but just do it. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your friend's mom. Say hi to your mother for us. And, and tell your mom's friends, too. Hey, they might enjoy it. You never know. Maybe, so, maybe, maybe someone's mother is a big fan of, like, Peter Billingsley or Alfonso Ribeiro. People love old TV. It brings back just such good memories. Well, okay, maybe old TV, good TV, but not not the subjects that are on this show. No. Uh-huh. So, sorry to disappoint if you came for a retrospective on real people or, or that's incredible or, or give me a break. We don't go that high. So that's it for this week. Next week, Greg's going to have fun. Greg usually always has fun here, but I think he's going to have uh, a more than uh, usual amount of fun next week. Oh, Not going to yeah. tell you why, but uh, it's a topic he's been dying to talk about. Yeah, if you thought I was so happy to talk about Manimal, you're going to be, it's, it's going to be nothing compared to this. Oh, absolutely not. He, he's uh, really psyched to do this next episode. He's, he's ready. He's this, ready. He's been waiting ten episodes or nine episodes to do this. That'll come next week. As always, a big thanks to Chico for joining us. A big thanks, thanks to Greg for joining us. And I'm Mike Klaus, and we'll be here next week for the, the Greg special. Yay! Thanks, as always, for listening. Have a good week. Whoa! Whoa! Meow! The 1983 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade! Out of the chipmunks doing the outro, ladies and gentlemen. Do chipmunks meow? They do if you pay them in. Sc- they do if you pay them in scale. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't get TC or Benoodles over here to do that. I- I'm waiting for Greg to do meow. The Macy's 1983 Thanksgiving Day Parade. Hold up. Hold up. The 1983 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's how you do it. Yeah. He's a pro.